Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we are two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would. At a tailgate, in the backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. Clint, it's another Monday. It's another week closer to college football. We're so close. Are you mentally and physically prepared? Not whatsoever. I, I'm not prepared at all, Daniel. I need to be. Uh, you I'm need not. to be. I know. You need to be because... Uh, Let's see, this episode comes out on Monday, which means that 12 days from today, there's a college football game, Clint. That's I mean, bananas. It's Wyoming versus New Mexico State, but it's a college football game. You know That's what I'm going to be real... doing when Wyoming plays? I'll be watching it. Oh, you'll be watching that. Yeah, absolutely. Colorado State, Hawaii, yes, please. Give me some. Yeah, give me some of that. Colorado State loves those pre-Saturday, only thing on TV, CBS Sports Network games, don't they? Just... they? They have to grab an audience somehow, and if they can't win it by actual fans, they'll take starving college football fan all day long. That's right. Mike Bobo ain't no fool. He, ain't he no knows. Fool. He knows. Uh, well, in light of that, it is a mere 12 days until any college football happens, but... It is less than three weeks until real college football happens. College football played by the University of Georgia. So that's how we're going to start our episode today with our three weeks till the season countdown. Um, uh, you want to tell the people what we're, what we're going to talk about today? This is a good one. Daniel and I could go many different directions with this. I'm excited to see what Daniel gave. As his three weeks, and the number is three, three keys to winning the SEC this year. If you were to give me three, what would they be? So Daniel and I have tallied our statistical analysis of what we think is going to win it for us and gone with our gut, and we've come out with these magic top three we want our dogs to know going into this year. Um, Daniel, hit me with one of them. So many things to choose from here um so many different directions it could go i i went i went pretty i gotta say i think my list is gonna be pretty vanilla clint so i don't know maybe you'll have a spicy take in there to to mix in but okay i think my list is gonna be pretty vanilla and i'm gonna say that the first i did not rank these so i hold i have three i don't have them in any order but my first key to, to Georgia winning the SEC is our O line has to be dominant, and I don't, and I mean dominant. Our O line has got to live up to all of the clippings and all of the stars and all of the recruiting services. Uh, it, it's time for us to see an absolute annihilation of defensive fronts. 
We cannot win the SEC, I don't believe, with a pretty good or even very good O-line. I think we need a dominant offensive line. I think um, the running back position stands to take a step down in terms of overall vision and game-breaking ability. I know that we've got some big-time players, but I just can't see it not taking a step down. Happy to be surprised. I think as much as we're excited about our quarterback coming back for his second year, as much as we're excited about our new coming quarterback as well, uh, quarterback was not the strength of our team last year. Let's just was call not. it what it is. And so we are looking for Fromm to take strides. We both predicted that this would be a green arrow unit on our team, quarterback, yes. that it would improve. But that's not that's not going to be doesn't seem like Fromm is yet the person who is going to carry this offense along. And with our what is almost assured drop off on defense. Yeah. We have got to offensive line dominance means clean pockets for easy throws. It means holes for running backs. And it means time of possession. Keeps the defense off the field, runs up the score, gives the defense rest, allows us to, to win some easy ones. So that's the first thing I'm going with. It's pretty straightforward, but uh, on paper looks great. Let's see how it looks in real life. We need a dominant offensive line. Huh. I'm going to stick with a very similar vein. And mine is just stick with the lady that brought you to the dance. And the lady that has brought Georgia dominance in the rankings of recruits and speculation of how good we can be is this we have some hog mollies up front Pittman has made his massive wall of meat whatever mm-hmm. weird saying the guys are calling it on twitter which mm-hmm. there's a Chub- lot chubby time i believe is what they're using <laughs> chubby there's, time is what they're saying. by the way i saw one guy on twitter who as a browns fan used hashtag he, he said, I cannot wait to cheer, hashtag chubby time. And I no. thought to him, guy, stop that. Get it off. Don't bring no. that Don't bring that back. He yeah. does not want that. He's no. done. No. He does not. He never asked for that. Don't give that to him. No. Ugh, no. Gross. Uh, but the lady that brought us to the dance last year was excellent uh, execution, uh, not dominance. We got execution and some skill guys on offensive line last year. This year, you're right. We cannot rely on Chubb and Sony getting hit in the backfield and making three-yard gain out of nothing. We got to rely heavily on that massive wall. Um, and I saw another article today that's talking about uh, how many recruits could step in along the offensive line and be a swing guy as, as much as we like to say it's set. Uh, the lady brought you to the dance, Georgia, is the ability to impose a running game onto another opponent. Mm-hmm. You cannot get yep. away from that. No matter how many wide receivers, no matter how many great quarterbacks, that is, I don't care. You can have five stars everywhere. Run the damn ball and make mm-hmm. sure the offensive line is doing its job. Uh, and this is my caveat to it. Let the young guys find a rhythm. I'm all, I'm all for letting them get up, work into a system by week three, know their signs. But 
man, if there is a guy on an offensive line who is skilled out of his mind and yet cannot execute in pass pro or misses a open blitzer off the edge, uh, doesn't get communication from Fromm on protection, do not hesitate. Just that can't happen. That cannot happen with our team this year. We can't miss those blocks. Get a new guy in there. Try him out. Switch up the O line. I know Sam Pittman is loving that mix of moving guys around and finding the right fit. I'm fine with that. As long as by week five or six, we have our rhythm and we are just putting it to people, pancake after pancake. Stick with the lady that brought you to the dance. Yeah. Well, we're gonna need to find it before week five or six. I'll tell well, you that. I, I mean, I mean the, the the tinkering of it. If, if sure. it means you know the rotation, the rotation. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. I think I'll add to this. I don't have it written down, but uh, to kind of piggyback off this idea, it's not just the O line. I think overlooked aspect to our dominance in the run game last year was the blocking of our wide receivers. And Kirby makes a Hands huge down. deal about it. Talks about it all the time. Talks about how you can't play wide receiver at Georgia if you're not going to be physical and you're not going to put your nose in there. Uh, and we had the best blocking wide receiver in college football last year. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, that Wims uh, scored us several points with his downfield right. blocking. He made the offensive line and Nick and Sony look a lot better. Uh, who's going to be? Is Riley Ridley? Going to get his nose dirty. He better. There. Is Jeremiah Holloman going to get his nose dirty? Is Terry Godwin and Michael Hardman and Demetrius Robertson, who is eligible? Do you get to the play? feeling that Kirby's uh, smart? Because uh, that is the feeling I get for him. I get the feeling that Kirby actually doesn't care about a single reception statistic. That's added gravy. He cares about did you make five blocks in a row on run? And then he says, you know what? Call a play for that guy. Give, give him a chance to catch the ball. It feels to me that Kirby is, if you were to write down a priority list, he would have blocking near the top of the list as 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 important or more important than actually catching the football. That's just the feeling I get. Absolutely. I've, no, absolutely. He said on multiple occasions that all football is is blocking and tackling. And the only way to be better at football yeah. is to block and tackle better. And, and it's, it's true in one sense that any guy that he runs out there is going to catch the ball right. when he's wide open. You know, like, I mean, it's just where these are guys that they can all catch the ball. That's not the issue. They can all burn down the sideline. They can all run a, you know, run a five-yard slant yeah. over the middle. The issue is, can you do all the other things? And then you'll be out there, so you'll yes. get to catch the ball yes. when you do. So I think I think the wide receivers play a key role. All right, what else you got on your keys? I want to see – here's my key. I want to see – on the offensive line, I, I need to see us dominate. I need to see us get a rotation in quick. On defense, however, I don't care who I see on the field. I just want guys that can light up somebody and hit the hit stick. Rotate, rotate, rotate until you find who it is. And if my boy LeCount cannot keep his assignment in the center of the field, yank his butt. And on D, if I just need people because we don't have the lights out D of last year. We, you know, we don't think. But I would rather see 10 guys who have 50 tackles each 
than two guys who have 80 and 120, you know. Uh, I I want a nice mix. I think for us to win the SEC, we're not going to have our defense be the the same, the snap counts be so lopsided. I think to win, we're going to have to have a lot of snap counts from a lot of different guys in the right situation at the right time, and I hope... Uh, I hope that we can find that for the perfect setting to come off the edge or, or to counter the type of tempo that another team's doing to us. Uh, that's just my guess or my gut on how we're going to be able to play D this year. So you want to see a revolving door. In I want to see a revolving Mel, in door. Mel Tucker's defense. You want to just see Mel cycling just in like out. Wyatt Earp just throwing out bullets and seeing what sticks. Just shooting off and seeing which guys make it and which guys can't. Uh, and then giving the playing time to those guys in season. Because coming out of camp, uh, I don't know if we're going to know exactly what this D is going to look like. I think it's going to take us a while before we form an identity. Um, so, yeah, I want a revolving door until that happens. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, I, um, I'm i going to stick with you on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to, again, my list is very uh, vanilla. But, but I'm going to say the key to us winning the SEC is turnovers. Because... Clint, it's always the key always. to us winning the SEC. Um, it, last year, our turnover margin, do you know what it was? I want to say plus 20 or something like that. It was something absurd, wasn't it? Top five defense in the country in most overall statistics. Our turnover margin was four. No. Plus four. It felt like so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Our turnover margin at home, Clint, was zero. Was, no. Was, was neutral. It was, we had 20 total gained, and we had 16 total lost turnovers on the year. That's a, that's a plus four. Here's the thing, Clint. I mean, we, that's insane. We, we didn't need turnovers last year. No. Because we were dominant on defense. We're not going to be dominant on defense. We cannot win the SEC. I'd shudder to think whether or not we can win the East with a plus four this year. No. Plus four is not going to cut it this year. Nope. Which means we got to get that margin up, which means we got to be secure with the ball, which makes me nervous a little bit. We had two yeah. guys last year, despite some idiot NFL reporter who doesn't know what he's talking about that says Sony Michelle had fumble problems while at the University of Georgia, which is, did you see this? No, it's a, it's a, it's a just a very subliminal dumbest thing I read on the internet reference. But uh, didn't he? Didn't Sony just? I think he fumbled in a Patriots practice. Like yeah, he fumbled and, in okay. a practice and was like running and like the Patriots beat writer. Was like, well, this is an issue for him because he's yeah. had to deal with it his entire career at Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I know you watched that Rose Bowl game, and oh, he fumbled I, I that, that one time one in the time. fourth quarter. And so, cool. Nice reporting, bro. Whatever. We had Nick and Sony last year who you didn't worry. You know, like, I just no. you didn't worry when they were running into the middle 
of the defense. Every time uh, a running back on my team runs into the middle of the defense, I'm literally saying the words out loud to the television. Cover up, cover up, cover the ball, cover the ball, cover the ball. Don't fumble. Every time a wide receiver runs into a scrum, a big pile of guys, I'm saying cover. Nick and Sony just didn't worry about that. No. Are these new running backs going to be able to secure the ball? Is Jake Fromm going to be able to secure the ball? Is Jake Fromm? Jake Fromm was not, did not have a, a perfectly clean year last year. He was prone to a few bad throws. And those bad throws, at times, were, were picked off. Are we going to be able to keep the ball secure? Are we going to be able to force more turnovers? Are we going to be able to get more pressure on the quarterback to, to force more lame ducks coming out of quarterback's hands because he's getting hit as he throws it? Are we going to be able to force more sack, strip, fumbles? Are we going to be able... I mean, we, you know, we're losing... Dom Sanders, which say what you will about Dom Sanders, but he, oh. he's one of the best, all, most interceptions all time for a career at Georgia. Uh, are our safeties going to ball hawk the way, is Richard LeCount going to be yeah. in position to get the interceptions that Dom Sanders caught last year? Uh, so there's a lot of, it, it's a genuine area of concern. When I saw that when I looked at the 2017 turnover margin and I realized how not lucky we were because it's actually the opposite of luck. We were just incredibly skilled and we didn't even get that much luck. We were just that good on defense. This year will not be the case. We, no. We're going to be fine on defense. I'm not worried about the defense. But we're not going to be top three nationally. Defense. I no. just don't predict that for us. We're gonna have to turn the ball over. No. Uh, oh gosh, that's uh, see, that's a that's an exciting and scary proposition all the time, all the same time. Because if you could imagine our offense, if this is the same mentality, and if we, things start falling our way, could you imagine our offense with a short field two times a game? Uh, oh, it's yeah. gonna be ludicrous. I mean, that's that's when things snowball and it gets exciting. Uh, that's a good. That's a good one. It, it may seem vanilla, but that is how you win the SEC. It's that's a war of attrition. That's how you do that's it. That's how you do it. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, here's my last one, and I think this year, uh, I, I think our, our defensive lack that we will have, we need a little bit of offensive diversity more than last year. We've already joked mm. that Fromm knew what the right hash was most of the season. Uh, we've joked about uh, our ability last year to rely on two running backs, which is true. We've talked about this year needing a dominant offensive line. All of that is true. And when we need three yards, and if Auburn knows we are rushing for three yards, we need to dominate them and get that. However, uh, if you can think of, if I was to give you teams in the SEC and tell me their offensive philosophy and their personality, you could do so very easily. Sure. Uh, Mizzou just throws all day. They play like they're in the CFL or something like that. They just Correct. don't care. You know, uh, Auburn uh, will run ISO left and right all day until you do a couple of gimmicky pieces of crud that, yeah. that you know. Tempo, spread, garbage, power run, play action, deep pass. Auburn. There you go. You got him. 
I mean, I mean, LSU is going to try to play for a nine to ten win every single time. LSU uh, runs that pit, that toss pitch where the quarterback blocks the backside defensive end. They're the only team in college football that runs that play. Yes. Uh, but it's, I think, is it still the only play in their offensive play? I believe it's the only play they're allowed to run. You know, back back when uh, when uh, EA Sports was doing a college football video game, uh, the call sheet on LSU was just <laughs> two plays. Yeah. yeah, it was that or a play action that where you threw a screen to the flat. That yeah. was it. Those were the only two plays. They're the SEC's version of uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, where, you know, Correct. That's, Georgia that's Tech's got a bunch more plays than that. They, bunch more, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so it, you can go down the list and you can play this game with every single one of them. I think this year for our offense, we have the ability to basically throw so much film at people on what we are good at. Not just okay, not just we can make it, but we are good. Uh, that that we can rotate up game plans against any defense. And every game could be, hey, we're going to run the ball 50% of the time or 60%. Like, but how we run it, off tackle, or, or are we going to do the wild dog with uh, with Cook back there. Are we going to get field fields on the field to, to run some things? I think we can throw so much at people diversity that we not mm. only it's not gimmicky and it's not just for show that we're actually yeah. good at that it's going to put other coaches in a very bad position. Uh, so please run. Have to main that. But once we get that on point, uh, I think. Uh, that's going to be really key for us winning the SEC where people are on their heels most of the time playing us. And that is where you get really, really excited. Yeah. And it's those things that you feel like that's the sort of thing that From I think, does bring to the table. is an ability to absorb a playbook and do a bunch of things pretty, pretty fine, pretty well, you know. Like Fromm is not a a guy who's gonna. He doesn't have Jacob Eason's arm or Justin Fields' athleticism. No. He just he just is a guy who may be better than them because he just does every. You know. You know. One one of those is to be determined, obviously. But uh, yeah, he's just a guy that you feel like you can trust with a lot of different things. You can trust him with a big yes. playbook. Yeah, it, it seems like Kirby could be right now talking to Fromm about, you know, week seven, eight, and nine game plan, you know, and, and dropping seeds that says, hey, we're going to practice this. Hey, I'm going to ask you to study this. We're not going to put this in until later. Uh, we're not going to do the install package until down the road, but I need you to start, like, ruminating on this. And Fromm seems like the guy that could be like, all right, coach, I got it. And when it comes week six, it's as though it's fresh He's in his mind it. as always. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to cap off my vanilla list with my final key to winning the SEC with maybe the most vanilla of all the vanilla. Uh, I already said turnovers, but now I'm going to say special teams. Because here's the thing, you sound You sound like a 65-year-old. I do. Football fan when when Jim Thorpe was, was running the rock. You never said any. You never said anything kinder to me, Clint. Yeah, I really, I really that, appreciate that, it. That was a, thank that you. Was a huge you didn't ha- yeah. You didn't have to say that, but you did, and I. I did. You know what? I thank you. Uh, look, I don't. I don't have to tell you, Clint. We were awesome on special teams last year. We were great. In certain we were, aspects. We yeah. I think we were pretty good. I mean, I think we have a good kicker. 
I think yeah. we still have a good kicker. I think everybody knows what we have in our kicker. Unless he goes head case, which, look, he's a kicker. So the, the jury is always way. out on kickers. Always. But unless he forgets how to be human, then we should be fine in the kicking game. Punting game, I think we were more than sufficient last year. I think there's yeah. a huge question mark this year. Kick coverage... I think we were dominant last mm-hmm. year. I loved it the five or six times that Rodrigo didn't kick it out of the end zone. I used to scream. You remember two years ago when Rodrigo literally didn't know how to kick it out of the end zone? Like in 2016? No. And he literally couldn't, if you put a gun to his head, he couldn't kick that ball out of the end zone. No. And I hated it every time someone would run a kickback. And then in 2017, the opposite thing happened, where every time there'd be that rare moment when somebody would run a kickback against us, I would love it, because I would know what was coming. I would know that somebody was screaming down the field, that DeAndre Walker was running full speed and was going to hit somebody, that Sony Michelle was running full speed and was going to hit somebody. I loved our kick coverage teams last year. But we talked about this before. We've lost a lot of guys that played a lot of snaps on kick coverage. And Kirby, meant, Kirby mentioned this in one of his pressers, that we, some of these five stars are going to need to prove themselves on kick coverage. Adam Anderson's going to need to cover some kicks. He's, He's gonna, down there, son. Yep. Don't try to sack quarterback, son. Just why don't you run down there and hit somebody mm-hmm. on the kickoff. Uh, that's what we need in this team. And then I think, again... There, there might be some games where our defense gives up a few points. There might be some games where our offense sputters. We, we didn't score a special teams touchdown last year. We, we need a special teams touchdown this year. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We're going to win the SEC. I want a special teams touchdown. I don't know if we need it, but, man, do I want it. Yeah. Gosh, I want a special teams touchdown. Uh, so, whoever you are back there running punts back, Keel Crumpton, Nicole, Kiaris Jackson, I don't care, whoever you are back there, whoever. run me one back one time, just one time. All right, well, there, there they are, our three keys to winning the SEC. It's straightforward, Clint. It's pretty... Recipe right it, there. Did somebody, does somebody want to fax these to the, to the athletic office or you something? You should right now. I sh- I'll okay, do that. I'll get. I'll walk over to my fax machine that I have here in yep. my home. By the way, fa- every I'll, time uh, I hear fax machine, uh, I I think the moron at UCLA that didn't have their fax machine hooked mm. up, that Roquan. How about that, that guy? guy? Whoever you are, I <laughs> you know talking about mini muffins coming your way. I will give you two baskets of mini muffins. Standing ovation. Standing ovation Standing for ovation not for hooking up your fax machine and Roquan having to come to to Georgia instead of UCLA because of that snafu. Gosh. I want to take a little bit of a different track here as we change topics, Clint, and I want to ask you a question. What do you think, if you had to say, we all know that there's many great things about watching SEC football. Mm. There's many positive things. Lots. What would you say is the worst thing about the fact that football season is right around the corner, that we're coming out of the dog days of sportlessness and we're moving back into the season where we've got football season that's going to bleed right into basketball season. We're in prime 
Sportopia. Yeah. Between now and the end of March, yeah. the first weekend in April, when the NCAA tournament is. What would you say is the worst thing about that reality? It's hands down interacting with other foolish, moronic people that dedicate mm-hmm. their loyalty, fandom, and money to a lesser program than Georgia. And it's the fan bases that you must interact with. Ain't that with. the truth. This, uh, this weekend we Gosh. were camping, and while we were camping, uh, what would I wake up to in the middle of my campsite uh, but a football with branding of an SEC rival on the football right in the middle of my campsite that I had to, I had to touch that thing and remove it from my area, and I had to find the person that owned it, and I had to hand it to them. And the entire time, I was thinking to myself, whoever this is that I meet, I will not be friends with, uh, as I was walking no. it over to them. That's uh, nah, not a funny it, joke. No. That's just no. No. Um, man, you're so right. There are such... There are so many disgusting fan bases out there. And I mean, here's the thing. We could talk about you and I, this actually, this next little segment, it's, it's spurred from a conversation we were having about most disgusting fan bases. And we, at one point, just stopped and said, we should rank all the fan bases we should. in the SEC. One to 13, we're obviously not going to include Georgia on this list, but... 1 to 13, and and let's not talk about the quality or even the grossness of the opposing team. This is a key. This is a key moment. We're not talking about the grossest teams or our most bitter or hated rivals. We are talking about the 13 grossest fan bases in the SEC. And so we're going to start this countdown. We're going to take it for the next, I think it'll go the next three episodes of the podcast. And today, we're going to start at the bottom. We're going to talk about the 13th, 12th, 11th, 10th, and 9th grossest fans oh, this is so good. in our league. These are, this is as good as Daniel. it gets. And again, we have such a treasure trove to pull from because you want to talk about gross fan bases oh. in all of college football. We have a, a the SEC is at the top of the is. list. There's no doubt about it. I don't care how big of a homer you are. Which, by the way, don't get me started on SEC homers because no. I don't. No. I don't have time for that. That's ridiculous. Uh, I don't care how big of a homer you are for the SEC. You've got to know that the most obnoxious grossest fan bases live right here. Uh, Wisconsin okay. came out to uh, to the Rose Bowl to play a game. Uh, I was on uh, the the rail line with some of them. The most pleasant people in the entire world. I, I mean, there was... Just salt to the, the earth. Salt, salt Just to the earth. Salt to the earth, I, I was folks. thinking the whole time, like, wow, you guys we got, went out dinner together? This is fantastic. Like, <laughs> you guys are great. Uh, that is not the case with these teams That's not we're going to start ranking right here. Yeah. Now, to be clear, so we're obviously we're in the SEC. Yes. So there are plenty of gross fan bases. We're not going to touch on Georgia Tech. We're not going to touch on Clemson. We're not going to touch on Ohio State oh, and the absolute just lunacy that's happening up Ohio there. Ohio State fan. Right now. Just stop. Be, stop. Stop. 
Just Whatever stop. you're talking about, stop talking. Be serious for one minute. Just be serious. For, your, stop. for the rest of your life, just know that you can't take what you're doing back. Just know that. Don't, don't talk anymore. It's, it's getting embarrassing for all of us. It's getting awkward to look at. You're so embarrassing. But we're not talking no. about Big Ten fans or Pac-12 fans or ACC fans. We were talking about the SEC. So uh, let's start down at the bottom. Clint, other than the University of Georgia, which is completely wart-free, obviously, one, completely the most beautiful fan base in the history of sport, nay, the history of civilization, uh, apart from us, who would you say is the least gross fan base in the entire SEC? This one, to me, is is very interesting. Uh, this is very interesting. Who's the third team? This is gross. You're right. It is interesting. Now you're going to be able to say a lot more because my thirteenth now resides uh, in your state, and I pick this team fan base because technically hmm. I don't even know if they should be part of the SEC, uh, and this fan base knows it, <laughs> and I have. You're not even sure if there is a fan. I'm base not sure there is a fan because you're talking I have about. seen games. At, my, my number 13 is Vanderbilt. I have seen Georgia go play games at Vanderbilt, and I've seen maybe a, maybe a dozen fans sitting in the bleachers. No. I'm going to tell you this right now, Clint. I was at the Georgia-Vanderbilt game last year, and it was 70-30 Georgia fans. Easily. Easily 70-30 Georgia fans. So There, there was a line to wait to, like, to get yeah. in, and the entire line was red. And yeah. black, yeah. like to get into the stadium. It so I don't know how I I don't know how I pick a, a a fan base to be grosser than a team that kind of just says, oh yeah, I, I went to Vanderbilt. Yeah, we we play football. Yeah, it, it's okay. I, I just don't know. I, they seem so so meek to me. It feels weird to pick on them. So I'm, Vanderbilt's my number thirteenth. I do not have Vanderbilt at number thirteen uh, for one very key reason that we will get to. When we get to them on my list. Uh, My 13th ranked fan base is the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I don't don't have... I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have one problem with Mississippi State, nor do I have one problem with any Mississippi State fan that I've ever encountered. Let me tell you some things about Mississippi State. They don't care about Georgia. No. They don't care about beating Georgia. They don't care about beating anyone in the SEC other than one team, Ole Miss. That's the only team that Mississippi State is interested in beating, is Ole Miss. And to be honest, we'll get to Ole Miss as we move up my list, but I got no problem with wanting to beat Ole Miss. I'm I'm, I'm there with you all day. If I had to choose between Mississippi State and Ole Miss, let's go, let's go Bulldogs. Absolutely. Here's the other thing about Mississippi State. Have you ever heard a Mississippi State fan say, we're the real Bulldogs in the SEC? Not once. We, we share a mascot with these people, and yet we've, I've never once heard a Mississippi State fan try to act like they are the real Bulldogs. And we are the imposters. That 
if ever there was going to be a fan base that could get obnoxious about something, it would be that, the shared mascot. But Mississippi State fans are too busy trying to figure out a way to infiltrate the Grove and give everyone food poisoning. That's it. They don't care about us. And so I don't have any problem with it. Mississippi State, an easy 13 on my list. Uh, that is, that's great. My number 12 is, in fact, Mississippi State. Uh, for all the reasons you just said, Sylvester Croom. More cowbell. More, more cowbell. More you, cowbell. You had the first African-American coach, and it felt like there was not a better program for that to happen to. Just guys were like, yes, we want this. We like yep. this. We're not going to cause any fights. We're not going to pick on anybody. We know who we are, and we're trying to be good. Uh, but we're just – we're just that's all we're trying to do, guys. We're, we're trying to do the right thing. We're fine. We're, we're fine. Don't worry about and us. And nobody said anything against it. We said good on you guys. Uh my number, thir- my number 12 is Mississippi State. My number 12 is... Um, this might be a little controversial, but here's the thing. At this point, I begin to have some problem with everyone on the list. So I just want to be totally clear. We're finished with the schools I don't have any issues uh-huh. with. So Mississippi State, congratulations. I realize now... You're the only school in the SEC. Oh, I don't have a problem. That's so good. Number 12 on my list is the Texas A&M Aggies. Wow. Um, here's the thing. This might just be because we haven't played them, right? So, like, it, it could just be that, I think, it, what is it, a couple of years for it's, the, the Texas A&M yeah. is on the schedule? And, and things could change. Okay. So full disclosure, I reserve the right to change my opinion after a school and my school engage in football combat. Look, this fan base is passionate. They are. But they're not, but they're not obnoxious to me. They do those funny little elementary school cheers in the stands. And do they look dumb? Yeah. Yeah, they look real dumb. But that's not really obnoxious to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, obnoxious is in your face gross. They just look silly. They just look like, aw, look at look at Texas's little brother. They think they're playing football too. <laughs> yes. That's 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 fun. I also have a I should say, in case he ever listens to this podcast. Uh, I have a family member who is a huge Texas A&M fan and um, who I actually like a lot. And so that might go literally the only Texas A&M fan mm. that I know personally as a person that I have a, a decent amount of respect for and actually enjoy being around. And so there's that's probably weighted into the whole fan base to me seems fine. Again, I don't know. Daniel, that's... That's a bit of a shocker, truth be told. I, I felt like it That's was. That's a bit of a shocker. Because I, I feel like... Texas A&M is not the quietest fan base in the SEC. The, that's, the that's for sure. Yeah, they, are, they are. That's for sure. Wow. That's for sure. But give a couple years of Jimbo, and oh, like we might oh. just be shooting up the ladder. You know what I'm saying? Just compound interest couple, that in a couple of years. Give me a couple Jimbo press conferences, yeah. and they'll move up yeah. to a solid top ten. <laughs> but right now they're sitting at 12. Right. Uh, my number, which, by the way, which number are we going to again? Nine. We're going 13 okay. to nine today, and then we'll do eight to yeah. five and then four uh, to one. My number 11 
is the University of Kentucky fan base. Uh, I I have not seen a belligerent Kentucky football fan, uh, mainly because I don't think I've met a Kentucky football fan. Um, I have seen, I have met many uh, Kentucky basketball fan, many of those in my day. Um, no one cares about Kentucky football, it feels like. And it feels like they show up for the game, and it feels like there's a lot of parents and a lot of family members at the game supporting them. Uh, I think there's, there's a good amount of attendance, uh, from what I understand, of that white and blue checkered section of the, of the stadium. Um, Mm-hmm. But it's after the first quarter that they kind of look at each other and go, well, we we came. Okay. We gave it a good what, run. Uh, what, do you guys, what do you guys want for dinner? Where, uh, what do you guys get in Applebee's once we go there after the game? <laughs> uh, is what it feels like to me. Uh, Kentucky, I, I got nothing against your fan base. You guys are, you guys are all right with me. Uh, Clint, you've just, even in your answer, you've betrayed... How much you are are taking this question the wrong way? Mm. Because the question is grossest. Who are the thirteen grossest fan bases in the SEC? Not who are the thirteen grossest football fan bases mm. in the SEC? Mm. And so I can tell you, I've been to multiple games at Old Commonwealth Stadium, as they like to call it up there in the bluegrass. And Kentucky football fans, fans at Kentucky football games, are the most pleasant, salt-of-the-earth people that you'd ever care to be around. And they are all going to Applebee's after the Man, game. All of what you've said is true. There's no doubt that they are getting the two-for-20 with their significant other at Applebee's after the game. However, that's not the only sport. <laughs> that they play (laughs) and because of that we're not even close to Kentucky on my list just as a just as a preview of things to come Uh, that's so I digress digress. number 11 on my list is the University of Missouri or Mizzou as they like to refer to themselves as Uh, look Missouri is again. I got both Big Twelve schools right here down at the bottom. It's a. It is a. I mean, Missouri. Even when Missouri won the SEC East those few years, yeah. I was more like, I'm annoyed yep. with Missouri. Granted, I don't like Missouri, but to me, when I think about gross fan base of Missouri, I I think about the words old man football. Mm. That's what I think about, and and I know that was a player. But I feel like the Missouri fan base adopted yes. it and really jumped on board with this idea that somehow Georgia plays old man football. And then we went in there and we pounded Just them and we punched them in the mouth. And we held up a sign that said grown man football and it was fantastic and everyone loved it. The dry race board. Uh, Christian Robinson, I think, was who held that up. Right? Good call. Uh, Missouri old man football. Look, it's not that they're never gross, but they're just, they don't offend me as much as others do. Uh, That's good. My number 10 is Mizzou. Uh, And here's why. Watch a lot of similarity. Watch the game. Anytime you got a fan base sitting on a grassy knoll 
watching a there football you go. game. There you go. How is yep. how is that gross? That is nineteen forties, nineteen fifties. Just you're sharing a milkshake with two straws with your sweetheart after the game. Yeah, I believe it's a I believe it's a malt. Thank you, malt. That's that, that's yeah. what's happening. If you're sitting if you're sitting on a grassy hill watching football, you should be thinking about who you're going to invite to prom later this year. That's that's the rule. That's what's on I believe. Your mind, yes, that's right. That's what's on your mind. You're uh, thinking about who am I going to ask to the Sadie Hawkins dance? Uh, oh, Sadie Hawkins dance! Uh, my gosh. So. Yeah, Mizzou and the Grassy Knoll. Man, that's a great call. That's a great call. What an embarrassment to be in the SEC and, and have that stadium there on, on blankets. Like, come on, y'all. What? Look, there's a minor league baseball stadium in Nashville. There's a minor league baseball team, and there's a little Grassy Knoll. I love going there with my kids, sitting on a blanket, eating some dinner, watching a baseball game. You're right there on top of the outfielders, but you're sitting just on the, you're just laying back on the grass. It's fantastic. That's not SEC football. No. That's not what we're. That's not what we're trying to do. Okay, step it up, Missouri. please. Be better. Uh, all right. Well, we're we're up to the number ten. We're to the top ten. We are grossest fan bases in the SEC, and cracking the top ten for me is my hometown school, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Mm-hmm. Come in at number ten on my list. And look, I get it. There are not many Vandy fans. I and I also get it. I interact with all the Vandy fans. You do. You all out there who do not live in the great city of Nashville interact with no Vandy fans ever. Ever. But I interact with both of them. Both Vandy fans I interact with. They get together twice a week at a coffee shop and you pass by and... They do. (laughs) And and they say something about... uh, Oh, man. What was that? Oh, they say something about Jay Cutler. That's what they, 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 they make an under-their-breath comment about Jay when Cutler Jay, and how he's the greatest Bears quarterback of all Jay time. Jay Cutler's your boy. You know, you know something about yeah, Oh, you got some real issues. Um, uh, look, this has nothing to do with the fan base, and I'm fully ready to admit that. Oh. But listen, Vandy is the 10th grossest fan base in my mind, ahead of schools like Mizzou and Texas A&M, because of that stupid basketball gym. I hate that gym more than any other building in the Southeastern Conference, and Vandy fans love it. They think that it's like special and historic. It's just a horrible place to watch a basketball game. It's full of poles and things that you can't see around. Oh, the benches are in the wrong place. The air conditioning doesn't work. There's so many things about that gym that I hate, not the least of which is that Georgia never, and when I say never, I mean never, wins a basketball game inside that gym. So, uh, Vandy, number 10. Uh, All right, we're up to number nine. My ninth grossest fan base is the Razorbacks of Arkansas. Uh, Number nine. Uh, Here's why. I think I have heard Arkansas fan get more heated over whose barbecue is better than I have whose football team is better. I think they would they would bleed out for how to roast a pig properly instead of... That's not a conversation. The football conversation is not one that a Arkansas fan really wants they, to They don't want to have. At this I point. mean, you had, no. you had, what, Darren McFadden how many years ago? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you had 
Brett Bielema make the worst decision of his life and and leave a head coaching vacant or head coaching job that you were beloved in for a job that spits you out because you couldn't hack it. You thought the SEC, I could go tame that thing. Turns out you got taken sure. for a ride, homeboy. Uh, yeah, yeah, big time. So Arkansas fan, remember, remember when remember when they invented the wildcat? Yeah. There? Remember when they invented it? I do remember that. It was a good time. Uh, so number nine for me is Arkansas. I, I mean, you're, you're, we're getting gross because I'm. It's just it's all the feels. I have no empirical evidence, but I'm getting the feel that when I, if I was to sit down with Arkansas fan, and if I was to hit them on the right nerve, they may show a really ugly side that mm-hmm. the other schools on this list so far oh. have not. You want some empirical evidence? I do, I do actually. Let me give you. Let me let me lay some empirical evidence on you. Uh, number nine on my list is also the Arkansas Razorbacks from the SEC West. Uh, and you've only been a Georgia fan for five or six years, Clint. And so, the empirical evidence that I present to you, many Georgia fans already know, is the 2002 SEC Championship game, which is still one of my favorite Georgia games that I've ever been to. Uh, in the Georgia Dome, the old dome, uh, we won 30 to three. Their first possession, they go three and out, including a sack by Boss Bailey, and I then forget, we blocked the punt. Do you enjoy Boss Bailey? I forget if you find him. He blocked every kick that every kicker kicked that entire season. Yes. Don't don't at me. <laughs> he blocked every kick, every one. Uh, we block a punt, not by Boss Bailey, but someone channeled the spirit of they Boss Bailey. They put on Bailey, his jersey, and they say, Boss, give me, give me your jersey. leapt out of the fingertips of one of our guys. We recover the ball on the one-yard line. Musa Smith runs it in for a one-yard touchdown. We never look back. David Pollock, Jonathan Sullivan, Boss Bailey, Tony Gilbert. The defense dominates the whole day. But let me tell you about before the game. Georgia fan, if you were there, you know. Before the game, it was nothing but that stupid pig chant. Oh, gosh. The pig chant, Clint, the whoa pig, suey, Clint, is just, if you're an Arkansas fan, look, full disclosure, let's be real, Georgia fans, we are a fan base that barks Yeah. as a part of our thing, Okay. Let's not try to be all high and mighty. Nah. But in this case, let's be who. Let's be high and mighty. Because Arkansas fan, stop it with the pig thing. It's stop yelling "suey" at the top of your lungs when your team kicks the ball off. Just stop it. Take a note from the Ohio State fans and just maybe just dial it back a little bit. Your gross, your your real gross, Arkansas fan. I don't understand if you're a Razorback. I don't understand why you try to take what could be an okay mascot, Razorback. I I've seen wild boar videos on YouTube. They're pretty ferocious things. Why are you trying to mute that side of it and tame it for a domesticated pig that says "suey" like yeah. a farmer? Like what? Do you, the, you missed the point of what a mascot's supposed to do there, man. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not great. It's not good. Um, all right. Well, we will jump back into this list um, uh, next 
next week on the pod. We'll do eight. We'll count down eight through five, and then the week after that, we will unveil our top four. Oh gosh, the top four. The the grossest fan bases. Oh, I love it. In the SEC, even just thinking about it makes me makes me. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, All right, Daniel, we are approaching the end of our time here. It's been a great episode. Uh, The fan base, grossest fan base, may turn out to become one of our greatest segments once it gets rolling. We gave you three keys (laughs) to winning the SEC, Georgia, so somebody with connections, get that on all the coaches. Get the fax machine cranked up. Get the fax machine cranked up. Get it cranked up. The dial tone, the modem. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, plug in the modem. Do it all. Uh, so to end today, we're going to do a trivia, uh, and it's my turn to give Daniel uh, the trivia question. So Daniel, today uh, can't can't wait. You you, uh, you do well in trivia. I'm, I'm proud well, of what you do. It's good. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for the challenge. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to give you four teams that we have played many times in the history of UGA football. I'm going to ask wow. you to tell me how many wins separate the all-time series between these two schools. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you, on each one, I'm going to give you a, a margin of error that you can be within you know, okay. three or four on either side, and I'll give it to you. Um, and I'll even give you the number of games we have played between these schools okay and you have to tell me the difference between the win-loss you're, record you're being so generous i am i am right now i am well i didn't i didn't tell you which margin of error i was going to give you uh, you know well all right um all right so, but still just feels like you're being still like feels like you're being very generous i'll take all the help i can uh, take all the help you can get all right the first all-time series that we're going to do is the the rambling morons of Georgia Tech. Mm. Uh, All-time series game, we played 112 games against Georgia Tech. Is that it? That's it. I guess that's a lot. That's a lot. That's all. You'll, you only play once a yeah. year. That's a, yeah. that's a that's lot a, of years. That's a few, that's a few times. Okay, uh, fine. I take that back. 112 times we have faced Georgia Tech. Uh, how many wins separate the series and I'm going to give you plus or minus three okay how many wins separate 112 112 so 50-50 would be 56 and 56 there's got to be some ties in there because football used to be dumb. There you go. Good. And so... Good keeping that. Uh, I'm going to say... With some ties, I'm going to say maybe we've won... 62 games. We've won 62 games. Okay, that's your guess. Uh, how many games better is that 
than Georgia mm. Tech. Mm. Right. Oh, right. Right. That wasn't what I was guessing. I thought that was what. But I that's was a good start. That's a, that's, uh, that's good. I'm going to say that that is. Uh, be twelve games better. So there's like five I'm going to say that's eighteen games better than Georgia Tech. Uh, Twenty-five games better than Georgia Tech. Uh, they really do suck at football. They suck at football, Daniel. Uh, there are, in fact, five ties that have happened in the all-time series. Uh, we have won 66 games. They have won 41 games uh, for a difference of 25. We've won how many? 66. 66. All right. Well, at least that was close, close on that. No, that was, that was good. That was good. Um, all right, next one. Florida game. Florida, Georgia, all-time game. It's Georgia-Florida. <laughs> Don't. Don't. Don't uh, even start. Well, there, there's a reason. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, uh, to there's a, there's a question on this, Daniel. Do you know the question that comes with this all-time rivalry? These. I'm, I'm only – there is not a question, Clint. I'm only willing to acknowledge one record. Okay, thank you. Good. In this game. Uh, There's not any discrepancy needed. There's not. For all of those of you out there who think there's a discrepancy, you're moronic. There's not. Uh, We have played... Um, We have played 96 games. uh, Okay. For the correct amount of games. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to give you plus or minus... Two on this one. How many more games is the difference of record? How many more Did, wins in the all-time series of 96 games? For some reason, I can't remember if we won or lost four years ago. We won last year. We lost the year before that. We lost the year before that, and we... I think we lost the year before that too. So I think we're three and one in the last four years. And I believe, if my calculations are correct, then that means the number is eight. I don't think I need your plus or minus two. I think maybe I need your plus or minus one. I think it's eight. Uh, Daniel, you are on the nose. The plus or minus. I've known the number. I've known the number of this series for a long time. Uh, It's just a matter of doing the math. Yeah from like the last time that I was sure of it. Uh, As we get going on the grossest fan base, my guess is that Florida will be high on the list for Daniel. They're not going to come in at number eight, Clint. (laughs) I'll just let you know that as we start next week's episode, you will not hear their name called. Good, good. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, let's know. All right, Uh, let's now go to the inferior brother of Georgia. Let's go to Auburn. Oh, uh, I don't need your number on this one either. I, I'm not giving you a plus or minus on it, and I'm not telling okay. you total games. I don't, you don't need it. I don't need it. What, I don't know the total games, but I but I'm ninety, I'm eighty four percent sure that it's two. That the number is two. Uh, the number is two. That was plus two. That's plus. The two. number is two. All of these are plus so yeah. far. Yeah. Uh, Georgia fifty eight, 
Auburn, 56 with eight ties, 122 games played between the two schools. Deep South's oldest right? It is. Uh, all right, last one. 122. Last one to wrap it up. I'm going to give you uh, Stinger. All right, well, those were the two that I felt confident yeah. about. Yeah. So this this is the last one. This last one I was holding on to, depending on how you did. And because you came out so smoking hot on number two and three, I'm giving you this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, You're going to try to end on a downer. I'm trying okay. to. So that's, yeah. Um, Daniel, University of Alabama all-time series with Georgia. Nikes. And I'm going to give you plus or minus three okay, give on me, this one. Give me the total games played. The total games played is, oh, that's wrong. That's so wrong. Uh, 64. 64. 64 games played. Can you use it? Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Georgia and <laughs> Alabama have played 64 total games against each other. Language of origin, please. Uh, all right, 64 Cockney. games. <sighs> Alabama. It's got to be minus. There's not. A, there's no. There's no possible way that it's not minus. So how minus is it? Um, I'm gonna say ugh, 64 games. It shouldn't be that lopsided, but it kind of should. I mean, we've had stretches of being really good, but not as many for as long. Uh, I'm going to say it's minus 64 games. I'm going to say it's minus 8. You are outside the window of margin. It is minus 14. Kill me. Isn't that awful? I was very curious at what her all-time record against Alabama was. I did not expect it to be 14 games below 500. That was a little unsettling to me. The last three are maybe the three grossest games in the history of UJ football. So there's not... There's not a lot to be redeemed no. from that. No. Uh, well, Daniel, uh, you Ooh. nailed two out of the four very well. That was fantastic. Uh, the rambling wreckage of Georgia Tech tripped you up as well. I just underestimated how bad they were. You did. They don't know how to play football out there. Football. Uh, it's, it's not great. No, it's not great. All right. Well, that about does it for us. Um, Clint, you want to remind the people about the Georgia-Tennessee score from last year? I do, actually. As a matter of fact, I didn't have that in my uh, amount of all-time wins because it doesn't matter to me. All that matters is that, once again, we came into a stadium full of optimistic fans, and I think we beat them, if memory serves me right. 41 to nothing, I think, was the score. Speaking of gross fan bases. Oh, gosh. Just... We're going to get there. We'll get there. (laughs) Wow. Just, but man, that gross fan base that day was so beautiful. They were, they, uh, so, I, I think, so beautiful. I think hiding is the best terminology I can make yeah, right. for what they were doing that day. Hey, we really appreciate you listening and subscribing yes, to this do. podcast. If you like, if you like the podcast, we would love it if you would click that subscribe button. We would love it if you'd leave us a rating or a review on iTunes. Uh, that really helps us. Even if you don't listen to this podcast on iTunes, did you or the Apple Podcast app, you can just go to iTunes on your computer and leave us a rating, and then continue to listen on whatever app you so choose. That you would could. be so helpful for us. 
Uh, as always, if you've got hot takes regarding our hot takes or my vanilla takes, uh, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Dogs Podcast, D-A-W-G-S Podcast, and we would love to interact with you there. So we will be back a week from today, next Monday. No more Friday episodes for these next couple weeks while we get ready for the season. Uh, so we'll be Mondays only for the next two weeks, and then until the season it'll be starts. Time. And then once the season starts, the season starts. starts, we'll go every Monday and every Friday uh, throughout the season. Yes, and likely throughout basketball season as well. Likely. So we'll be every Monday and Friday for a while. So uh, look forward to another episode on Monday, and we'll talk to you guys then.